Hello, and welcome to another edition of this 16-ounce canvas, the Art of Craft Beer podcast. My name is AJ Kierens, and I am your host here with pride and a huge smile on my face here each and every week as we do our part to introduce you to the artists and designers from around the world who help bring our favorite beers and breweries to life. And this week is no different, episode number 75, Setenta Isinko, featuring the extremely talented Christian Helms, founder of Helms Workshop based out of Austin, Texas. We came to learn of Christian through the work that he's done with Austin Beer Works, but that was really just the, the tip of the iceberg, and we really got a great group of conversations here, learning about you know his story his journey, how he got into this business, his process, collaboration, even some advice for some folks getting started, and really touched on Austin Beer Works, Modern Times Beer Company, Boulevard Brewing, Highland, and so many other great brands that he's working with. It was just really a a joy to, to speak to him, excited for what he's doing, and it just really just shows really how the product continues to grow as we meet all these amazing people from around the world who are doing just some really cool shit. If you haven't had a chance to, Helms, H-E-L-M-S, workshop.com, and then Helms underscore workshop on Instagram. It's really just a joy to, to see. You can go and follow along with the, the story. There's really some great sections on the website. Teaser, they're working on a new website, which should be really great and excited to, to see that come, you know, come to fruition. It's always amazing to see what the folks you know who really focus on branding and bringing things to life, as we say, what they decide to do with their own brand. And part of me feels that that might be the hardest you know brand to, to work on, especially when you have such versatility and such a robust uh, you know group of uh, clients, and your portfolio is is you know is such that you know what we see with Helms Workshop. So it's a good adventure. You know, it's really a great way to kind of come close to the end of the summer. As we mentioned a few times, you know, Austin is definitely a, you know, a bucket list for us for music and just food and nightlife or it's just a, you know, great place to, great place to be. So teaser, you know, we had to hit it off with Christian. We love that, you know, grab some beers and barbecue and whatever else Texas will, will bring to us, you know, while we're down there at some point in the future. So we've got a lot of places to go, got a lot of places to visit, but, you know, Brew USA is, uh, is going to happen and we're to look forward to, to those beers we've, we continue to kind of notch off a few folks here and there around the country, and it's just uh, it's been a wonderful experience. So hopefully you're enjoying yourself. We've had a great summer. Last week we were in Maine, Harrison, Maine, rocking the cabin. It was you know close to perfect. It was at the lake, Crystal Lake. Don't get scared. We had a really great experience. You know, thanks again to Will at Standard Gastro Pub. Was just a you know a wonderful host for us there. We went and got a chance to go to, to Portland for a couple of days, visited Bissell and and Slab and Arcadia and just Dutchess. There's all sorts of great food and we had a wonderful. Uh, we were at the where else did we go? I think we went to one of the famous diners, which names escape me. But just you know, great food, great people. Really just had a, a lot of fun. Even got to play a little Nintendo 64 at the Airbnb. So it was just a just a lot of fun. We love Maine. It's one of our favorite places in the country. I'm about to say in the world because, you know, we're all part of the, the same world here. It's vacation land, and as they say, it's, you know, how things should be. So 
We're going to get right into it here. Episode number 75. Remember, you can check us out via the World Wide Web's 16ozcanvas.com, 16ozcanvas on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And if you have a second, you've got a minute, you know, while you're listening right now, however you're doing it, you know, give us a review or rate the show. It doesn't cost anything, you know, and it really helps us with uh, the old SEO, which is uh, nerd speak for, you know, search engine optimization, which I don't think it means the same thing in podcast land. I don't know if there's an SEO, but you know what I'm saying, and we do appreciate it. Exciting news, we are able to proudly report that we were... Uh, able to make a significant donation to the ASRC, the Autism Services and Resources of Connecticut, $1,016. And we're also making a donation to the Closure to Free Ride to our good friend Craig Gilbert and the New England Brewing Company team for $316. So really proud of that. We thank everybody who was part of our event. Already working on some, some new stuff for you. We got some great photos from... Uh, Matthew the Henry. Matthew Henry is his name, MatthewHenry.com. And you can follow him on Instagram at Matthew the Henry that we'll be sharing with you in the near future. So, all in all, it's just a wonderful experience that we're looking to recreate in the future. So, stay tuned for that. But right now, without further ado, Christian Helms, Helms Workshop, Austin, Texas, 16 ounce canvas, episode 75, three quarters of a century. Holy shit. Hello, and welcome to another edition of the 16-Ounce Canvas, the Art of Craft Beer podcast. Very excited to have with us today Christian Helms, the founder of Helms Workshop in Texas, deep in the heart of. We're really excited because the branding work that Helms Workshop does is vast, you know, anywhere from pizza to cedaries to breweries and sparkling water. So your uh, portfolio, to say it's vast would be an understatement, but the beauty of that is the workshop is a very small, intimate group of folks who are just putting out some incredible work. We came to learn of you, Christian, through the work with Austin Beer Works, but some of the fun and excitement has been really you know, diving down the rabbit hole of your, your portfolio. So thank you so much for, for joining us today. Absolutely, AJ. Thanks for having me. Yeah. So, so like I said, it was that's one of my favorite parts is, okay, we see, you know, I'm a music fan, and so if you've not seen the Austin Beer Works, you know, my uh, siblings were actually just down there this past weekend for a bachelor party, and they had nothing but great things to say. It's on my very high on my bucket list as a music fan. But I was really drawn to the Austin Beer Works kind of you know, artwork with the A and the the pick as, you know, the, the foundation of some of the, the imagery. And from there, it's been just really fun to really dive in and explore your you know, the work that you're doing there. Yeah, absolutely. We've been working with those guys for gosh, we're we're pushing close to eight years now, nine oh, years. That's um, awesome. It's it's kind of a blur, um, but you know they're just they're they're a client that we absolutely love. Um, we started with those guys when they were four dudes starting a brewery, um, and they've grown just um, far beyond that at this point. And um, and the brand we've been able to build together um, from strategy to packaging to all of the crazy ancillary merchandise, environment design, vehicles, you name it. Um, we've just really set a goal of packing as much personality um, and spirit uh, as we can into each and every piece and, and trying to consider each one um, as an opportunity and not just kind of step and repeat what's expected for that. So um, that's really created a cool conversation with the consumer where 
they're they're constantly kind of delighted and surprised, and it's really endeared folks locally to the brand um, and gotten you know gotten a ton of attention nationally and even internationally for what's essentially a, a fairly you know moderately sized regional brewery um, in the middle of a big big state. So we just couldn't be happier with with that relationship. Exactly, I, I think that, and we'll get to that relationship in a little bit. Yeah, I think it's a very vibrant exciting you know clean design i think it really is exemplary like i said of the you know popularity and energy that is austin you know from you know musically culturally i mean texas it's texas has a little more you know uh conservative um you know story to it right in in the big picture and so austin's kind of like the 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 wild child or the the crazy cousin of texas and so it really it really brings that to life and it's uh yeah, it's something I'm looking forward to, to talking to you about. <laughs> yeah, we're definitely in a little bit of a bubble here in Austin. Um, Texas is a whole other animal, uh, which I really love as well. Um, it's been it's been pretty awesome to be able to kind of root here and in the middle of this, you know, more progressive, creative, um, just really growing city. Um, but then to be able to get out and explore just weird, wild, old school Texas is really fun as well. Um, it's it's got a ton of personality um, and and just such a rich heritage. It's just it's a really fun state to to explore. Yeah, the first time I I, I did a service trip and we the cool thing was we drove from Philadelphia to to Mexico and I remember that we had I think a day and a half that was just driving through Texas and it was just like you know you take it you'd fall asleep in the van you know your shift was up and it was like. Where are we? Oh, we're still in Texas. And it was like, it was just like, it was insane that it was, I mean, I think that we had a limit of like 10 hours a day we drive and I don't think we made it through the state in the one day, you know, it was, Oh yeah. It was wild. Was, my wife's from El Paso. Um, and we met here in Austin and we would drive to see her parents. Um, and that's, you know, between nine and 11 hours, depending on, um, all sorts of factors. So we would go for like a weekend and spend the majority of that just driving out there. Um, and it's just like driving across the moon um, when you get way out there. It's just there's nothing, um, which, you know, they just absolutely love. You know, there's a real sort of affinity for and, and just mythology of kind of West Texas. And, and folks just absolutely are drawn to it. It's been really interesting to kind of experience. Yeah, well, uh, we'll have to queue up uh, El Paso from the from the Grateful Dead when we when we play your music. Yeah, West Texas. Yeah, that's always I always think of that one. <laughs> yeah, it's a great Cowboy Bobby songs. But yeah, um, so let's just take a step back. You know, kind of what's what's your background, Christian? How did you kind of get into this and get to a point where you're able to you know be an entrepreneur and, you know, run your own small business, which is again, Helms workshop, H E L M S workshop.com. You can also follow along on Instagram, which is really, uh, it's a fun follow because you can see, you know, things out in, out in the wild. You can see the part of the process and just, you know, the culture it's a uh, Helms H E L M S again, underscore workshop. So, uh, yeah, there we go. Yeah. So I actually grew up in the South. I grew up in North Carolina. Um, in a small mill town um, in kind of central North Carolina near, uh, sort of in the foothills near uh, near the South Carolina border. Um, and was always a creative kid, but just really wasn't exposed to design as a profession um, or, you know, much less branding. 
um, and went off to college and studied journalism and then took, you know, like studio art classes at the same time and just, you know, was kind of hemming and hawing over. I wish there was a combination of these things um, that kind of, you know, engaged both sides of, of that conversation and went to the, you know, went to journalism school at UNC, really enjoyed it. Um, and towards the end, there was like an introductory class on like newspaper layout or something um, and infographics that gave me, you know, enough of a window into the fact that design was a thing people could do for a living. Um, and it just, you know, it just completely locked in. Um, it was great. Um, the idea of, you know, using art to really communicate um, something bigger than just the, you know, the visual aesthetic reaction to that was really exciting to me. Um, and that was sort of a big epiphany. And then the second epiphany was, I'm not good at this at all, right? Like, <laughs> I'm at the end of college and I have no skill set. Uh, so I went to a graduate program in Atlanta called Portfolio Center. Um, and from there, got an internship up at uh, Pentagram Design, a really prestigious, wonderful um, design partnership uh, with an office in New York under a guy named Michael Beirut who's just absolutely brilliant. He's one of the, the smartest minds in, in the industry. And that was an entire education in itself. Um, from there, I freelanced a little bit in New York, decided New York was not the best fit for me long-term. And I had come down to Austin for a creative conference in, I wanna say 2001, 2002, um, and just fell in love with it. Um, you know, It just had so much to offer. And it was just big enough that I could convince myself that maybe you know, I could have a career here um, in design and brand um, and moved down to Noah Soul. And that was probably 2003, 2002, 2003. Um, and I've been here ever since. Um, got a job at a great agency, advertising agency in town called McGarrett Jesse. And then eventually um, stepped off to, to do my own thing and just slowly and organically over, you know, the past 10, 12, 13 years or so. Um, have grown that into a small boutique agency, um, which, uh, you know, it's, it's something that I think I always had in my mind as, as maybe a goal, um, but I didn't necessarily know what the path would be to get there. Um, but it's, it's great. Um, we love the work we do. I think one of my favorite things about us is we've been able to carve out a niche of you know, doing work that we actually really care about with people that we admire and are energized by, um, you know, products that, that bring value and joy to people and have a lot of personality and spirit and, you know, are tied to real people. Um, I always joke we don't have a semiconductor client because I'm not passionate about semiconductors, right? Um, I, <laughs> they just don't get us particularly fired up. Um, but we do love, you know, craft beer, for instance. Um, healthy, you know, consumer packaged goods, outdoor lifestyle. Um, we tend to work in spaces we really enjoy. Um, and that's, it's a luxury. It really is. Um, and, and it's not lost um, on us here every day. Um, it's a really tight knit collaborative team that, you know, again, it's a bunch of folks that really enjoy being together, um, which is also a rarity sometimes in this industry. Um, so we live sort of a, a charmed uh, existence down here in Austin. Um, although we're working hard, we're really having a lot of fun as well. You're right. You're right. I think the, the I think the way you put it is a luxury is a is a wonderful way to it just shows the the appreciation and 
you know, where you've kind of come and how, you know, what, what you guys are doing to be able to have people you work with, right? I mean, we all love to say that we, we've always loved every person we've worked with, and that's, a, that's unfortunately not a reality. But I think it's just wonderful to be able to be able to bring another level of passion, you know, to products that you care about. And it's obvious, you know, in following along and, you know, doing research, you know, you've got a great, you know, the, the cooler at the office must have some, you know, great selection. And not only that, and, you know, <laughs> you know, from from meats and other, you know, the food you guys have to the the drinks and just kind of, even just some of the the humor that's being brought, you know, to so, to some of these clients. Hey, it's pretty great to be able to have the, you know, that's not taken so seriously. Obviously, you know, any branding and creating something from scratch. You know, a lot of these products are really kind of labors. You know, from you know, obviously from beer to 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 food and spirits. It's to be able to have fun with it is it's really nice to see that and i think it makes people want to engage more with the brand it kind of it creates another level of sensory for people when they're engaging with the product yeah i think so i mean i think one of the things we really work hard to do is to infuse you know uh, a level of humanity into the work um it feels like it comes from a person and as a viewpoint a personality and it reflects the people who are, you know, who are building this thing, who are making this thing. And that's, you know, that spans from whether it's, you know, what was a startup like Austin Beer Works or Modern Times um, to, you know, a brand like Boulevard Brewing. that had been around for 25 years when we refreshed that brand or, you know, or in spirit Southern Comfort that had been around for 183 years. Um, it's still the same approach in terms of really digging down and finding those those things that are unique and those things that make them special um, and amplifying that into something that, that, you know, it's different and it really differentiates and stands out on the shelf and, and then engages people um, and brings, you know, a little level of delight or curiosity or, or surprise. Um, that's what's really fun for us. And it, it carries through because the, the style, the topography and the font, you know, it looks like, you know, it really has a level of, intimacy with it and all those brands you mentioned you know at different points in their brand or their career their life cycle they all are are known for you know right jack daniels like that hand it's a massive you know it's something that you can get everywhere now but it really has its roots in that hand you know handcrafted really you know detailed time spent you know whiskey so it's really it's really nice to see that you're able to to do that and some of those rebrands are have been exceptional i do want to say i i am with pentagram you know i've come to that i I discovered them or rediscovered them with you know the most recent netflix series and we don't really do a lot of promoting other things but the abstract series if you've not watched it folks on on, on netflix is just it's just incredible and yeah paula's episode was the one that kind of did it for me um, with the uh, you know with the work, especially because I'm in New York City a lot, so it was just really it's really wonderful to to see that, and it's wonderful to see it you know the output, but just to have the under get a little behind the curtain, which is what we try to do here. So I really that's uh that's just a cool kind of six degrees of separation for for your story, and I agree, New York City is a tough place. I, I've always said I wish I lived there for a period of time, but I know that I've never been able to live there for a long period of time. So yeah, yeah. Yeah, it wasn't a long-term fit, um, but I had fun, and I love going back. Um, oh, yeah. You know, it's like Disneyland for adults. <laughs> um, and, yeah. yeah, I mean, you know, Paula's absolutely brilliant. I got to spend 
um, a bit of time with her while I was in New York. The Pentagram office um, in New York all eats lunch together. Um, and so I would often end up beside Paul, like kind of chatting and just her level of wit and just insight is pretty impressive. Um, she's a, a pretty brilliant person. Um, and yeah, just getting to know her, you know, even a small amount, I feel like was a, a little mini education. Yeah. Amen to that. Yeah. I can't abstract again. We're not big promoters of other stuff, but on Netflix and it's, uh, everything from the creator of the of sneakers yeah it's just of jordan's so it's just a really it's a really good uh series of shows so the you mentioned modern times and i think that those cans you know now they've gone in a, a different direction with some of their kind of one-offs you know a little more uh modern-esque or um kind of abstract art with the but the modern times cans with the the three rings on the bottom and the 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 large drawn font is, I mean, I think they're some of the best design cans around. I mean, I think that they scream modern times. That's part of their branding. And so to, to learn that you, you were part of that, you know, having visited them in San Diego and just really been a, a fan of their, their beer as well as their cans, it was really, uh, was really nice to see. Uh, they're fantastic. That's another one where we started working with Jacob um, when he was, you know, it was just him. Um, he was the social media guy at Stone Brewing and was stepping off to start his own brewery, um, which sounds just insane, right? Yeah. Um, and, and Jacob is insane in all the right ways. He's a brilliant guy. Um, he just has a really great viewpoint on the industry, um, a really particular way of approaching things and, and, you know, and beer as, you know, as a craft. Um, and he's not afraid to speak his mind. Um, and I think that's that's done really well for him. Um, and yeah, I I love that that packaging. Um, it it's just it's so different, and it's you know it's spirited, but it's really refined. Um, we worked with Simon Walker, a wonderful typographer, on that beautiful script, and and just created this kind of combination of elements that again was just something that folks hadn't seen and and really fit. Um, the personality of, of what Jacob was building and, you know, look at it now, geez, they are just on fire. It's, it's so cool to watch the growth of these brands that, that we build and, and often, and, you know, continue working with as they grow. Um, it's been, it's been really fun to watch. And, it, and it's exciting because you mentioned Simon Walker and just learning about the art of topography and, and type, you know, we interviewed a local, um, artist designer recently and that was kind of how he got his start when it was just really it's been really a wonderful and i hope folks take that away from a lot of our episodes is is a lot of you know all these choices that are made from the the font face to the you know how it's laid out it's just really it, there's so much going on that it's just so wonderful when all those pieces connect perfectly and to you i mean looking at those cans there's so much empty space and it, and it's 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 perfect you know a lot of folks feel they need to use every pixel or use every you know piece of it and to make those decisions and to become you know such an iconic part of the brand is just it's just really it's really great to see yeah restraint used the right way can be really impactful um and it's it's good to remind ourselves of that every so often as designers um and yes yeah, simon's fantastic um there's you know 
a number of years ago, there was a Decemberist album, um, the band The Decemberist, that Peter Buck from R.E.M. played guitar on, and it just made the album just fantastic. Um, and it was a situation where they were in the studio, and you know, someone was saying, "What well, needs like it needs a guitar line, like like a Peter Buck guitar line," and they said, "Well, then let's just call Peter Buck, right?" And that's kind of the situation we were in with modern times, where it's the conversation came around. You know, we need something kind of like this that feels like something this guy would do. Um, and it's like, well, let's get him on board then, you know, um, rather than just kind of chase <laughs> chase what he does. Let's bring him in and and collaborate. And and I think it really did just make the packaging um, something really remarkable. And I think collaborations I've learned more so in other industries with the design is. It, well, actually, in beer, it's kind of perfect. You know, it really ties because the the collaboration kind of um, period is pretty huge right now in beer. But the humility and the rec- recognition of somebody else—it's like, well, this guy does this really well. well I'm not going to try to spend, you know, try to recreate that. Why don't we just work together and be okay with that and not feel like that's impeding on you know doing what you do really well and knowing who is the best at the other pieces and just trying to, you know, bring it, you know, Voltron it together and really make it even more impactful. I appreciate Voltron as a verb. That's fantastic. Yeah. Um, it just came out. That's uh, I was, yeah, I was like, I'm a, yeah, we, we, I definitely, our audience is ranges in age. So I, I think we'll have to explain that to some folks, but yeah, if you, I feel, feel Voltron should be a verb. That's great. But yeah, I agree. As a young designer, you really, you tend to want to do it all yourself and, and, you know, keep just tight control and, and, you know, not let anybody else touch, um, touch the work. You know, you're very possessive um, early in your career. Um, And the more you get into this, the idea of building, you know, a collaborative team and even a collaborative relationship with the client and the right structure that gets so much more exciting than, than designing and, building in a vacuum um this kind of stew of ideas um and the idea of of jumping in and really sort of taking a journey to find the destination um versus just kind of a straight arrow shot to something you just really want to do um is a lot more interesting uh, at least for me at this point um and that's that's why we're an agency and not just you know me designing stuff um i've got a fantastic team here of folks who are you know who are really good in different areas um and all really open to collaboration um and it just makes the process i think a lot more fun and a lot richer um i think it makes the work better i i agree i think to your point of the early in your career you're thinking well if i say that somebody else could do this better than me then i'm in a way saying that i can't that i'm not good at my job and i think that that's a it's a hard lesson to learn in any in any business, right? I think that that by being able to connect people and offering a full suite of a of a project or a product, it really I think that that's a harder that's a harder do than just saying I can do everything. I mean, even do, doing this, you know, I, it's I, I I am a royal we just by default because just because of but I mean I realize there's other areas other folks could could be of use and we're trying to you know expand that. But I think it's it really takes a it takes somebody who's kind of I don't know, safe in who they are or, you know, what they do to do that. I think that's also an art, bringing people together. Yeah, I agree. Um, It's, you know, it's also, um, it's one of those things where 
we really strive to offer, um, you know, a tremendous amount of support to the brands that we help build. Um, so we want to be able to, to support them across the life of the brand in every touch point that folks might experience. Um, and to do that, you can't do that as one person. Um, it's just, it's not, um, it's not a sustainable model. You've really got to build a team to really support a brand um, with that level of breadth. Um, and, and that's exactly what we do. And if you go to the website, folks, what, what I think is nice, I mean, we're talking about collaboration. That's just kind of where the, the conversation evolved. But if you go to the client section, you know, it says the first step towards exceptional work is collaboration based on mutual trust and respect. And there it is. I mean, it's in print. It's on the wall. It's written down. It's, it's part of, you know, the Helms Workshop mantra, you know, who they are as a business. And I think that really says a lot. You know, you, you recognize that. And it's, it's not a transaction relationship. It's really something you're, you're building together. And, uh, you know, and all these, all these um, brands are, are distinct from themselves, but they're all based on that. You know, they kind of now, it's like, okay, all these, your clients are all kind of, are all, show that they're all open to that level of collaboration, which is, you know, it's just, it's exciting to see that. Yeah, we're even in the process of refreshing our website at the moment, which is always, you know, a struggle uh, for any any agency or studio. Um, and we're expanding that language a little bit to talk about kind of our perfect client fit, um, just so folks can kind of know, you know, who our best partners are and who we're going to have the most success with. So I think it's great to put that stuff out in the beginning. Um, it helps just sort of broadcast, you know, who are going to be um, – the best, you know, the best success stories for, for both sides of the conversation. And we're fortunate in that really, you know, at this point, folks get what we, what we offer and, and the value there and, and really, you know, come to us, not just for the end product, but for the, the approach and the experience and the, the strategy that goes into things. So, so folks generally get it um, coming into the conversation, um, which is, is great for us. Yeah. The website, conundrum is, is something that's it's common across and i always just say that it's it's better to be so busy that your website hasn't been updated in a while than to have your last updated you know be done you know bi-monthly or something like that so i do think if you worked worked voltron into the into the you know into the write-up that would be great i think we should you know so that would be awesome to see that i'm making a note yeah it's i'll <laughs> see if we can uh, i'll see if we can get that jammed in there yeah, exactly. Or just yeah, make a make a fake mock-up page and just send it to me and Albert to think it's real. You can always do that. That's a good way to do it. And we are back. That's right, folks. You're listening to episode number 75, Christian Helms, Helms Workshop, right here on the 16-ounce canvas. The Art of Craft Beer Podcast. Really enjoy speaking with Christian, learning about his, you know, treks, you know, starting in North Carolina, New York City, Austin, working at Pentagram, just really cool stuff. Excited to see the new website if they work in Voltron into it. I think it makes a good verb. We should maybe make that a new hashtag that we use. We'll start, you know, putting that in when we have some good collaboration episodes. But it's just a really, uh, it's a good story. He's got a good radio voice, so it was nice to talk to him. I think both of our voices hopefully don't put you to sleep. They're very soothing, very chill. We get that a lot. Our boys over at I Drink uh, Beer Show always uh, say we've got a 
smooth and sexy radio voice, so we do appreciate that. We've got the face that matches it, and so big thanks to those guys over there doing their unique thing. Plug time. I Drank Beer Show. You can also look at I Drank Beer Show on YouTube. They do a live show every week. Actually, I think they're two days, so it's just a really hard-working bunch of folks over there. So that is one of the, the greatest gifts of the project is to have the opportunity to meet folks like yourself, but also you know, other artists and folks who are trying to get their you know, niche you know, spin out there. You know, there's a lot of reviews and different sites out there, but when folks really try to put a creative spin on it, it's really exciting and it's nice to, to connect with them. And I think that that's what we're really trying to do. We're trying to be one of the you know, unique, obviously we're pretty niche, but you know we're doing our own thing and there's definitely no one out there like us. So we're really you know, proud to be able to say that. And, you have used uh, you know, part of the adventure. So, you know, got that out of the way. Much love, like I said. And I uh, just really, hopefully you're, you're digging the episode as much as we are. I think we're really proud of this one. Really proud of just the work that we're doing. Really kind of working on all f- cylinders here. We really have had a, a great year. And we're gonna you know, continue moving forward at the big 4-0 coming up in November. But, you know, I'm getting old, but you know, we're not slowing down. We're just going to keep uh, moving forward. Don't forget to use the hashtag 16OZCanvas. So use that. Tag us. Tic-tac-toe. Pound sign. Whatever it is you do, get in touch. We're going to be announcing our eighth season of artists very soon. I'd say in the next week to ten days. So we're working on that for you. Really proud of our you know, next batch of artists. We have something you know, special that's being created just for, for that season. Something that we haven't done before, so looking forward to that. And we're also just looking at unique ways that we can, you know, introduce you to these artists and you know have some fun adventures together. So don't go anywhere. Remember you're listening to Christian Helms, listening to the story about Austin Beerworks, Boulevard, Modern Times, Highland. Really cool. Talking about branding, rebranding, you know, the process, the teamwork. We're getting some talk about, you know, music and the office. You know, not gonna spoil it for you, but it seems it's like a really great place to work and that, you know, Christian would be a really cool boss to have. And so just want to, you know, give him his you know, props where props is due. You know, he's creating something not only special for his clients, but I get the really, you know, good sense from following along on Helms underscore workshop. Just that, you know, folks really want to work for him and they really have an opportunity to, to grow and shine there. So you, it's really all you can ask for. You know, give a uh, you let, the, let them spread their wings and you know, kind of go from there. But it's a really great story. Really excited to share with you. So here it is. Without further ado, we try to rhyme and be punny. So here it is. Part two. Part two. Christian Helms. Austin, Texas. Helms Workshop. And yes, we are still the one and only 16-ounce canvas. We are the Autocraft Beer Podcast. One of the other things is it's interesting to brand a you know, to help create the brands like you've done with, you know, Austin from, from the jump in modern times. But what is, what is it like to have to rebrand something that kind of already exists? Like you did with, you know, Boulevard and, you know, Highland Brewing. What is that process like from from your side of things? Yeah, it's interesting. It's, it's it's the same and different. Um, It's the same in that uh, we start with strategy. We drill down, learn everything we can about the company, the competition, the landscape, the history, um, and just start to find the things that make them unique. And when it's a startup, um, that's one thing. When it's an existing brand, 
there's a lot of history and equity to to dig through. And there's usually a, a you know a degree of baggage that they're kind of carrying, whether it's you know it's an image, an idea of who they are that's based on you know X number of years ago that may not be true in the market anymore. Um, it just really depends. So we start with strategy um, to help really identify, you know, who they are today um, with, you know, with a strong nod to their, their history um, and who, you know, who they want to grow into moving forward. Um, and along with that, we do a big equity audit, um, a big, you know, survey of equity where for something like, you know, Boulevard, they had essentially, you know, designed each beer label as sort of an independent art project for 25 years. Um, there wasn't a lot of cohesion across the brand. Um, so you can imagine trying to kind of catalog that equity and and essentially get everyone aligned on an overall approach for how to move forward. Um, so that exercise in itself can be can be pretty robust. Um, but the goal is basically to get everyone on the same page based on strategy aligned around what we're burning, banking, and building, right? Like what we're letting go, um, what we're banking on and keeping, and what is an opportunity to kind of build something new and more relevant. And that goes for language and um, visual equity as well. And that allows us to build a playing field where we can go in and do work that everyone, you know, everyone is on board with in terms of approach. Otherwise, you're never going to be able to, to complete a rebrand for a brand that's been around for that long. Um, because someone always wants to go back to the old logo. Someone wants to keep this weird thing that they have a sentimental attached to. Um, and you've just got to get the entire team, you know, on the same page in terms of a path forward and kind of a playing field. And that's a huge part of that exercise. Once you do that, um, you know what's inbounds and out of bounds. If there aren't any sacred cows and and you can get in and create a solution. Um, and with Boulevard, that solution was essentially to, to create a labeling system built around this diamond shape, um, this idea of owning the diamond, right? And the diamond refers back to everything from their original logo to you know the property they bought initially um, to build the brewery to a number of other historic kind of touch points for the brand. But the big win there is it allows this big, bold diamond shape to stand out, you know, from far off on the shelf. And then we can backfill all of that, you know, varied uh, visual stuff into that diamond shape. Um, so whether it's, you know, the single white trailer or, you know, you name it, um, a more sort of heritage image for wheat beer, um, it allows you to, to kind of get variety in there that they really, really love and want to hold on to, um, but still have something that's recognizable quickly as tied to part of the same system. So it's, you know, it, it, it makes for some pretty unique solutions. Um, and then in the case of Highlands, um, we went in and, you know, those conversations when you start into, let's figure out what the sacred cows are and what aren't. Highland just threw up their hands and said, we don't want to keep anything. We're done. <laughs> we, we've evolved so far past what our brand is visually at this point. We're ready to build something new. Um, and I was honestly really surprised um, that level of just, you know, readiness and comfort in in evolving or, you know, in their case, really changing dramatically um, can be hard won. Um, and they had already reached that conclusion. We, you know, we came into 
a conversation where it was time to start fresh, um, which was great. So it allowed us to, you know, to go in and find a solution that was going to help really differentiate them on the shelf and, and help lead the brand forward and talk about what it's become over the past 25 years versus, you know, what it was when it started in a little basement under Barley's tap room in downtown Asheville. Um, and, you know, personally, my whole family is up in the Asheville area. Um, and I've been, you know, I've been a fan of that beer since it started in, in kind of the mid nineties when I was in college. So, um, to be able to go in and help, um, kind of revitalize um, a brand that I've been a fan of for a long time was just, you know, personally really exciting. Yeah, that was my question. We originally saying you're from the, the Carolina area and, you know, that's a definitely a local brew that folks, you know, are really, uh, passionate about and i think that it was it was really smart i mean if you look at the original labels you know and if you read the the write-up you know they're not a scottish you know they're not brewing scottish ales and that type of stuff so it definitely felt it was limiting and i think even the imagery that's being used gives it a modern feel by still being true to you know what is north carolina what folks know of you know nature and the mountains and kind of a you know beautiful scape so it's a really it was really a nice way to kind of tie both together tradition as well as kind of giving it a literally an updated modern modern feel to it and with boulevard i think it's really great that it, it still has that the 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 diamond is is very modern i, I feel or very, it's very unique too which you always you always hope for but i think that the imagery the the hand-drawn nature of, of the labels the you know the icons that are used has that really, you know, tradition, you know, the, the, the hardworking, you know, blue collar, you know, uh, nod to the, the, you know, the farm, you know, farm life and, and what have you. And I think it really comes, you know, comes together perfectly. You know, even looking at the, I think it's the, the farm, the, the, the farmhouse ale, which is one of their, you know, their, their popular beers to, to see that with the, the new, the new s- simple, smaller label. And again, we talked about, right. Leaving, being comfortable with you know the the emptiness so to speak it's really it's really cool to see that from from a brand that's been around so long that they really had that level of faith and belief in you guys and so that that's another really cool thing that to to have brands go all in and, and you know trust you to, you know to to play with something that they've worked so hard you know worked so hard uh to build yeah, and I think a lot of the credit there goes to Brent Anderson and Jeremy, their marketing manager, and just their internal team that really, I think, prepared everyone um, all the way up to, to John, the founder, um, for that evolution. So they really, I think, you know, fought hard to create um, an atmosphere where folks were ready to evolve the brand internally um, that made our work, um, you know, probably a lot easier than it, than it could have been otherwise. Um, and they're just, you know, they were fantastic folks to work with. And so from a, a process standpoint, I and mean, we talked about the surveying and, you know, how you're kind of really doing a whole audit of, of, of the brands. What is the typical kind of uh, process like when, when working with uh, doing the labels? You know, are you are you on site and going through kind of ideas or do you have a, what's the meetings, project management and stuff? I mean, maybe not the, the sexiest of the questions, but it really, I find it interesting to learning about the, the life cycle from ideation to, you know, physical products. Yeah. Cause that's all the stuff that sets up the opportunity for really good creative work. So it's, it's really important. I agree. It's the nuts and bolts. It's not like the really sexy, you know, 
unveiling presentation moment, but it's vital. Um, so yeah, we start with brand strategy, um, and then that segues into exploring identity and packaging. Um, and we generally develop, um, you know, a couple of different territories um, that all channel that strategy, um, but use different, you know, attribute touchstones um, to to differentiate those. And especially when it's a rebrand, we often look at a bracketed um, evolution from, you know, a pretty close-in refinement of where they are to a pretty revolutionary departure um, towards where they're going. And that's a really great uh, exercise for the clients because then they can really understand what that that looks like, where they can look, you know, close in and say, that's really nice. That's a really tighter, smarter, more well-designed and well-thought-out version of, of what we're doing now with stronger messaging. Um, and then they can look way to the other end of the spectrum and say, wow, that's exactly who we said we want to be. Um, is that, you know, is that a step we're willing to take? Um, and we can find that sweet spot within that bracketing. Um, so for a rebrand, um, that's usually really vital. Um, for a startup, um, we are, you know, we are inventing everything um, and we're doing it based on what we've learned from the client and what we found is, is unique about them. So, so, you know, we're articulating that back and we're showing them how, you know, design relates to this bigger picture. Um, and, and that's really resonant, you know, that's, that's much larger than just something that looks cool. And I love stuff that looks cool, but for the life of me, I can't, you know, just create things that look cool and don't have a bigger purpose or a bigger message. I'm just, I'm too far gone, you know. <laughs> um, I just, I want it to tie to these touchstones and these things that people can, even if they just, you know, react to it initially as just something that's visually remarkable. I want them as they, you know, as they drink that beer, um, even if it's, you know, the third time they have it, I want them to start to notice these little details and learn these deeper stories that tie to why these guys are doing it or, or, or you know, why Leah Ashburn, uh, Leah Wong Ashburn um, up in Asheville is doing things the way she's doing. Um, creating those avenues into bigger stories, bigger ideas, or little moments of surprise, like that's the good stuff, you know. Um, that's the heavy lifting that that really creates a connection for folks, and it's the stuff that I get really excited about. Um, but to back up the process, so we walk the client through these different options and talk about you know what they're doing and why and then we have a really open conversation around um, pushing and pulling on it answering questions articulating decisions and we decide together as a team um, you know collaboratively what we think the strongest direction is um, and then from there we go in and build out all the things that are going to live in the world so that's everything from merchandise to packaging to signage for the tap room um, vehicle wraps, you name it. It really depends on, you know, where the brewery is and their evolution um, and what the scope of the project is. Uh, but, but you know, the, the big sort of reveal moment is definitely that initial um, creative presentation. And it's, it's a lot of fun. We just were down in San Antonio yesterday with a new client, um, uh, a non-beer client actually, but uh, 
was one of these things where we we walked them through this whole thing and just to see how excited and relieved <laughs> and just you know delighted they were with with what was going to be their future um that's a a pretty remarkable thing to get to give folks um and and i don't know it's just it's really rewarding okay, I, I don't know if that answers your process question at all so feel free to dig deeper there if you want to no i, I it does because it's what what it's hard is there's which i like is kind of going with your the overall direction and branding what you're trying to do is that each each client or each brand is a unique experience so i do realize in a way it's hard just to have this massive umbrella you know i think we could probably do an episode on each you know each client and each process and where things went so i, I completely i completely understand i have a, i have a super nerdy question that i'm going to want to ask and so i'm curious from a when you because you have all these files all these versions of files do you have a specific like helms naming convention for your files because i know when i do stuff i have my super nerdy way to do it and it helps me but i'm I'm, always, I'm curious about this oh yeah we've got all those processes in place you have to when you've got a handful of people working on you know a brand if there's not a really tight convention for naming and file stores and all of that it would just be an absolute nightmare um and uh we have a, a designer who used to be on staff um our friend alana who was just an absolute just like taskmaster when it came to that stuff and just whipped everybody into shape and really reinforced it. So um, her legacy is that files are absolutely impeccable here um, and <laughs> everyone still really sticks to it. But yeah, all of that stuff, we try to really, you know, we try to create as much protocol and formula in the non-creative spaces so that people aren't spinning their wheels and put, pushing a bunch of energy into that kind of stuff. Um, so they can focus on putting the energy and the, you know, the mental muscle into the work. Yeah, I love it. Yeah, I, I usually, I used to do freelance uh, web design and early days that the machines were less uh, friendly for blank space. And so I, I, they would, you know, render the percent 20, I think is what the code was. And so I can't have any files that have any space. Like I know that the Mac and PC, they allow that now, like whatever you want but if somebody sends something to me I'll, I'll change it it'll be you know name underscore date version who sent it you know title whatever underscore v2 v3 whatever but they can't they can't or there'll be one big word but i can't have it be you know well, any blank spaces it's just I don't, I don't think i have ocd but that really bothers me a lot <laughs> yeah i think i have some of that too so i i appreciate that yeah, because it would break. Because yeah, right when I used to do my you know old school geo cities and you know hand coding stuff, it would break if you had a space. And so I was just, I think that was just from an early age. I I just couldn't couldn't have that be. So I'm curious, folks at home, what your your naming conventions are. And we we're we we're talking recently with a few of the artists, and it's uh, some folks are are way more uh, anal about it for for lack of a better term. So it, let let us know. We'd love to love to hear from you. Now having so many breweries and food and all these great clients what kind of uh, what kind of beers are you drinking i mean you, you have a nice gamut of keeping it in the family so i mean that's pretty nice in and of itself oh man well we're fortunate in that we have you know our clients across the country shipping us stuff fairly often so we've got stuff coming in from from Bauhaus up in minneapolis um they're fantastic full steam sending us stuff we've got stuff coming in from highland and Asheville, which is great modern times every so often um 
And then, you know, locally, we are just in this really great time with beer locally where, you know, Austin Beer Works is doing um, a tremendous range of beers out of their tap room and releasing pretty much a seasonal a month now um, that are really broad in spectrum. So we had a ton of that on hand at all times. Um, Pint House Pizza, who is also a client, I swear I'm not trying to plug only clients, um, but they are just, they're a favorite in town as well. Um, their brewer, um, their head brewer, Joe, from uh, he came on board, um, he was a head brewer at Odell, uh, and came on board, and the idea of being able to to do just about anything you wanted in terms of exploration has just created this amazing breadth of beers that they're pumping out. Um, so we were visiting there a lot as well. Um, and then there are cool beers from folks kind of, you know, who are newer on the scene, like Lazarus Brewing here in town, um, a little brew pub on the east side that is just super cool. Um, and a ton in between, you know. Um, beer was, was pretty narrow when I got here 15 years ago. Um, but now it has just really exploded. Um, and that's just, you know, local and, and clients that are sending us stuff. Um, we're always kind of exploring and trying different stuff as well. Um, but it's it's a pretty constant rotation of those things. And then everybody in the studio is kind of bringing in beers for everybody else to try every so often, too. Um, so we get exposed to a lot of different stuff. That's great. Now, as someone who kind of made that plunge and is you know, been grinding, you know, since they fell in love with design. Would you have any advice for somebody, maybe a little junior, or somebody who's, you know, in their early stages, maybe in university, or just kind of finishing up, you know, trying to, you know, get get experience, or just kind of any any career advice you'd have for somebody? Yeah, I think you know, first and foremost, <laughs> get really good, right? You know, really focus on honing your craft um, because that's that's the core of the whole thing. Um, learn how to articulate um, your why you're doing what you're doing with the work, um, and and you know learn to talk about it in a way that helps people understand it. Um, and then in terms of career, I think your first job choice is huge uh, in sort of setting a path for where you're going. So I would find the best shop that ties the closest to what you really want to do and find any way you can to get in there as an intern, as, you know, an entry level designer, I think, you know, that's the time to, to really um, kind of set that path uh, because it can put you in a direction um, that's going to create an evolution towards, you know, what you ultimately want to do. Um, you know, as a young designer, I found myself in a spot at one point on a path that wasn't quite right. And I was lucky enough to have folks kind of give me the same advice. Um, and it put me in a place where, you know, I'm working on the kind of things that I want to work on. Uh, and not just that, you know, we're, we're pushing into all these other spaces that you don't even see on our, our site right now, um, that, <laughs> which is part of the reason we're refreshing it, that reflect new interests and, and other areas that we really want to explore. Um, but, you know, that's an opportunity that comes from really, you know, keeping your eye on where you want to go and just sort of doggedly pursuing it. Um, so, so yeah, I think having a good idea of what you want to do and, you know, just keeping laser focused on that um, and 
being open to opportunity as you do um, can can make a lot happen. I, I agree. And I think also folks want to come out and I want to work for myself and do my own thing, which is great. And there's always these outliers and folks who do do that. But I, I think there's something to be said for for putting in your time and working for somebody else and you know, learning from them and also learning what you don't like from them, you know, and helps you become better. You know, I think that we all, especially at a young age, and maybe as I get older, I realize that you think you know everything. And so when you real when you realize that somebody else's business is doing something, you either know what you like about that process, you might take away from it and evolve that process. But I think that working for somebody else, I think is really a, it doesn't seem like the, again, going back to the coolest or the sexiest at the time, but it's really in a hyper competitive space, you know, which I think design is becoming more and more, you know, every, I would, I would even say not even annually, I'd say monthly, it's becoming even more competitive. I think it's, it's really important, I think, to, to be able to learn from somebody else who, and, you know, take in their experience, especially if somebody's willing to share that with you or, or give you some guidance, you know, I think it's a, it's an invaluable, you know, gift Absolutely, and asking for it, you know, yeah. looking for mentors, finding folks who are willing to share and that you can learn from um, is huge. I've, I definitely benefited from from that in my career and still do. Um, I, I agree 100%. It's hard. I think it's hard for people to ask for, for you know, advice or opinion because it's that idea of being competitive. And there's people, especially if you're, depending on the job you're at, that you know that somebody else might want that job and it's like, Showing showing weakness, I think sometimes is seen is something that I think folks don't want to make themselves, for lack of a better term, like vulnerable, which is always uh, I think it's hard. Yeah, and you calling back to something you were saying a minute ago. I think breadth of experience is really important. We're in the process of hiring a designer right now, and one of the big things on our our list of you know must haves is is just breadth industry for those reasons that you you sort of mentioned earlier where there's just a level of understanding of how things work um, and a level of expectation in terms of, of a lot of things that um, that younger designers haven't had the time in the industry to really understand you know you've got to you've got to do it for a while and experience you know um, ideally a large agency and a small agency and a little bit of freelance and, and kind of get your feet under you in terms of really understanding how all this stuff works. Um, and, and that's something that we're really looking for as well. It's exciting. Cause I, I think that you can't look at every opportunity as the end all be all. I think it's a part of your story and it gets you to where you're going. And so I, I look back at early crappy jobs I had and even when they weren't professional jobs as a, as a kid and you, you know, if you, you look back at what you, you, how you change or how you even thought about things. And so I think it's, I mean, especially in branding, right? It's about perspective and looking at, you know, deep diving and looking at it, you know, from 12 different angles, you know, and doing it twice over and how you can tell that story with, you know, a simple icon or topography or, you know, minimalism and empty space or what have you. So it's, yeah, I think it's really important. Experience is kind of the, it's a, it's a, it's a tough thing to get, but it's really important. Yeah, I agree. So this last question is hopefully going to be one of the easier ones. I mean, you're in Austin, so maybe we'll we'll have to a little more pressure for you. But um, in my former life, I did some radio work, and we like to ask folks about you know what they're listening to when they're creating, or if you're more of a kind of peace and serenity person. You know, what's uh what's going on at the workshop? What's on the you know what's on your playlist, Christian? 
Oh man, it kind of depends on the moment. Um, it really does. When I'm when I'm hardcore in sort of work mode and working on you know strategy and and those sorts of things, it's usually instrumental stuff. Um, so it's it's bluegrass or it's classical. Um, I've got a whole playlist of just random, interesting indie instrumental stuff. Um, you know, William Tyler and that kind of thing. It really just depends. And then we also have a vinyl setup um, where folks spend records during the day too. Um, so we've been kind of building um, this this whole sort of vinyl library. And the approach has been I brought in a ton of stuff to, to kind of get us started and everyone would bring in stuff um, one day a week. And now we're basically doing a thing where every couple of weeks it rotates and someone else gets a stipend to go to the record store and buy stuff to go into the studio playlist. So it's like, you know, Zach loves really old country and old soul, which I have no problem with. Um, I think Ben has like phosphorescent and like the guardians of the galaxy soundtrack in there. Um, (laughs) I would imagine Ryan's got Casey Musgraves on his list for his next, uh, his next trip to the record store. So that's been really fun. Um, Cause if it's like just me, I'm listening to a bunch of old soul. Um, I'm listening to bluegrass. I'm listening to a bunch of, you know, nineties to two thousands indie rock stuff, which is kind of my sort of seminal sweet spot in terms of music. Um, a lot of alt country um, and just, you know, it's really all over the map, a ton of Tom Waits. Um, I can kind of go on forever with that stuff. I've really gotten into the the sort of random mixes that Spotify will put together for you um, just because it surprises you and reminds you of stuff that you haven't listened to in forever. Um, there was a cool Ted Hawkins track that came on a little while ago that kind of got me. Um, and then it'll introduce you to stuff that is just a little bit outside of your halo that'll kind of surprise you too. Um, so stuff that's kind of unexpected. Um, has been really cool i agree and that's that this question is the most self-serving for me because i try to take the artists that you mention and then i I try to write them down or later we'll add them to a spotify playlist so i like to i like to say i like to fuck with the uh spotify algorithm because uh they they with all these different uh, musicians and bands from all over the place everybody likes they're so different i don't know i don't know what category they put me in but it makes for some really unique uh random playlists now and again (laughs) yeah that's awesome. There was a great story. It's been a few weeks back. Um, it was kind of bouncing around social media, but it's it was about an Uber driver who makes these these sort of profiled playlists and plays them depending on how he perceives the folks who get into his Uber. Um, so he has like thirty somethings and uh, white guys who look like they might like rap, and it's like they're really specific and they're really good. So we've been listening to that a ton at the studio. I'm trying to see if I can find his uh, his name really quickly. I'll probably just shoot it to you afterwards. Yeah, definitely um, do that, yeah. Yeah, his name's TJ Jones, um, and you should look him up. Um, I like his Quiet People playlist for when, uh, for when I'm working. And then uh, the other one that we have that we spend a lot is White Dudes Who Look Like They Like Rap that I mentioned earlier, which yeah. is pretty fantastic. Which is pretty much, um, yeah. Which is, which he's is got right. like, yeah. you know... <laughs> He's got like 75 playlists based on different like initial reactions to whoever gets in his Uber. And they're all really cool. 
Um, so we've been we've been uh, getting into that pretty aggressively over the past couple of weeks. That's great. Yeah, my my day job, which I mean, you're surprised. I know podcasts don't pay the bills, but is in market research. So like that's a pretty impressive, right? To have like a segmentation of your your drivers, you know, from the from the jump. So that's pretty cool to to see that. Oh yeah, we'll send you a link to the article. It's really interesting, and I think he's gotten hired to do a bunch of music curation because of that. So I don't think he's even driving Uber anymore. Um, I think just the media attention from his his ridiculous playlist kind of kind of got him a whole new gig. So I just I think that's fantastic. Which is great. Yeah, these jobs that were never jobs before now you know party playlist creators is a new job. So look for that and. And I, I mean, I when you talk about the vinyl and having you know record store allowances to go and stipends to go out, it just I mean, what you're doing I think is really special, and I think that you know, you're you're making obviously bring these brands to life, but your own brand is something that you know, other folks will, will look to to you know to um, set the bar you know to be at the the Helms Workshop level. I think you have a, you can you speak passionately about your staff, you know what you're doing, your clients, and it's really. It's something that you know I admire, and you know, we, work is work. But when it's something you love and you're passionate about, you know, you're, it doesn't feel as you know, doesn't feel like work. And I think that you're really you're cur- curating something really special there that you should really be you know, really be proud of. And so I just wanted to you know, thank you for making the time today, Christian. It's really nice to be able to get a glimpse into what you you're doing there. I appreciate that, AJ. Thanks for having me. It's been a pleasure. So. Um, yeah, so it wasn't wasn't so bad, right? That wasn't so painful. <laughs> no, that was great. Yeah, it's stuff like that's always good when it's it's someone like you who who has a level of competence and and skill set. Um, it's always really fun. Every so often, you'll end up in in an interview that that just is not a good interviewer, and it's kind of awkward. Uh, but no, man, you're great at this. It's, it's fantastic. Well, thank you. It's. Uh... I didn't. Yeah, it's it's a skill set I didn't really know I had, and I just really I I try to be. I like people. I like their stories. I think that it's you know there's really no end game here, and so it's just really it's uh, it's natural, and so I, I look forward, as we say, you know, I look forward to like I said, Asheville's very high on the bucket list, so I look forward to at some point you know meeting and having beers in 3D. If you get up to New York City, I'm just a, a train ride away. I'm about maybe an hour. And I'm in there a few times a month for, like I said, my my, my real job, and uh, yeah, I love to love to grab one. Oh man, definitely that sounds good. All right, well, uh, keep in touch. I look forward to the the new website. I, I appreciate it again. Thanks so much for making the time. All right, AJ, have a good one. All right, cheers. Out in the West Texas, down in El Paso. And there you have it, folks. The essential, the one, the only Christian Helms, creator and founder of Helms Workshop, Austin, Texas, sharing a little insight into his process, into his business, into his passion. They're not doing branding for semiconductors. They're doing craft beer, good food, healthy living, and it's just an adventure that hopefully you'll you know, join in and learn more about. Definitely love the, you know, Vinyl Friday, going to pick out some records, literally, literally records, not compact discs, but the good old vinyl. They say, and I'm not an audiophile or an audio geek, but they say that from a quality standpoint, that vinyl is the best. 
Now, it might not live the longest, but in its purest form, vinyl is where it's at. We've got some records here. We've got a few. Um, I'd say probably about 100 to 150. We've gotten some you know, hand-me-downs and what have you from family and friends and some purchases of our own. We're always looking. You know, There's some great shops around the country. I mean, there's some good ones in Portland and just looking online. There's always some good reissues, too. Anything with the band is a no-brainer, as well as some good stuff from Fish, Grateful Dead. We've got some Paul Simon, we've got some Zeppelin, the Beatles. You know, we can do this all day. But you're listening to the 16-ounce canvas, the Art of Craft Beer podcast. We thank you for listening. We appreciate you listening. And we're having a great fucking time that you're listening. It is a wonderful time. I love what I'm doing. I love that you love what we're doing. Tell a friend. Share, retweet, like, spread the word. We're growing week by week. It's amazing. You know, really, you know, we started off with tens, hundreds. Now we're, you know, a few thousand folks that are listening every week. And so we thank you. It's really amazing. We met some great people. We've got some people that we're looking forward to meeting in the future. Have a few beers, you know, share stories and laughs and just, you know, kind of see where it takes us. So we thank you once again. Remember, if you get a chance to go to the World Wide Web's Webs, Webbies, Webba, 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 Worldwide Webs, the Internet's HelmsWorkshop.com is the website. And then you can also go to Helms, H E L M S underscore workshop. They are an award winning brand design studio based out of Austin, Texas, doing some really cool stuff. We just really touched on the surface of some of the great brands that they're working on, rebranding bringing things to life, really the, the full scope. It's not just a logo. It's not just a label. It's really the full suite of you know, all touch points, and it's it's wonderful. So head on over there, check them out, like them, tell them we sent you, and we thank you. If you have anything else, feel free to get in touch. My name is AJ, so my email address is even simpler, aj at 16ozcanvas.com. That means 16ouncecanvas.com. That's our website. Stay tuned for future announcements. Summer is coming to an end, depending on what part of the country you're in. Your kids may already be back at school. Summer might be over, but stick with us. Labor Day is not here yet, and we're not going anywhere. So we'll see you next week. Get in touch, and thank you. Thank you. Thank you.